0: I'm Chris Dillon, and you're listening to Discussing Trek.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS all-access series, Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Clarence, and like always, I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Who Story himself, Cal Jones. How you doing, man?
0: I can't complain. Glad to be back talking more Star Trek Discovery. So very good. So I'm glad to be here. Also
1: on the podcast today, we have the tech story Carrie Brown. How you doing, man? I'm great, dude. Happy to be here. Awesome. And also we have the trick story Jonathan Schwartz. How you doing, man?
2: I'm doing well, man. Just fighting the pollen and trying to stay alive.
1: I feel you. I feel you, man. Well, my truck has been green like for the last two weeks. So yeah, know how that goes with the pollen. <laughs>
2: that Mississippi Sparkles.
1: Oh yeah. Uh guys, what we do here on this podcast is review each and every episode of Star Trek Discovery in somewhat excessive detail, in addition to talking all things trick. And today we're here to talk about the ninth episode of season two of Star Trek Discovery entitled Project Dayton's. If you like this show, guys, please give us a subscribe. Check us out on YouTube or any of the various social media platforms. Subscribe where you can, guys. We appreciate it, and we thank you for being aboard for the ride. Guys, you have any news? I have none, so I'm going to throw it out there to you guys real quick. Any news, Trek-related? Uh,
2: something I just read like a little while ago. There's a fan that's uh, very big in remastering things using ai he's trying to get a 1080 remaster of ds9
1: yeah seem like i saw this i know they were remastering some parts of the the show for this ds9 documentary that that was uh that they were doing well yeah that's cool i want to Paramount
2: started out like they did a remaster of the original series and TNG, but it didn't sell very well. And they kind of decided they wouldn't go any further with any of the other series. But this guy, which I don't have much information about him, but he's going back and doing it using some kind of computer learning software. And Mm -hmm. it looks pretty good. He has some steel shots posted on. Let me tell you what that website is. I did screenshot that.
1: Is the name of this AI he's using called Control?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it would be awesome if it was.
3: <laughs> so I'm looking at this footage. I mean, it doesn't look bad, but it doesn't look that much better either. Well I didn't get it. But I mean, it is a 480p source, so I mean, you can only expect so much.
1: Well, I, I know from the last time I watched the DS9 all the way through, it did not look the greatest on Netflix. Um, it looked okay, but seemed like I can tell the f- fidelity just wasn't that great. I don't know. What do you guys think?
2: I have not seen the. I have not seen the actual footage of this remaster. This guy's doing. Uh, I think DS Nine looks. I mean, decent for the time it was in. I know a lot of it. A lot of problem is it the CGI that they used in DS Nine was made strictly for like video. It wasn't made to. <laughs>
3: Well, yeah. The thing is, like, I'm I'm looking at the video. It really doesn't look that bad. But I mean, with with CG, like, they had the same problem when they remastered Cowboy Bebop. They went back and scanned the original frames. It's an anime that has a lot of CG in it, and it was originally aired in 480p. Like this, Um the 2D stuff looks phenomenal because they went back and rescan the film footage. But the CG was created in 480p, so there's really no way to remaster that. Yeah. Hmm. And, and like you mentioned. Well, it was, it was rendered in 480p anyway, sorry.
1: No, 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 a good, good point. But, but like you mentioned, John, like, they remastered TNG, so we're seeing the remastered version of that, which looks great, which they did a lot of the, um, I know a lot of the effects in TNG was practical, but they do have, you know, computer graphics as well, and they redid all that for the remaster. So All that right. stuff looks fabulous. They probably re-rendered the CG, though. Yeah, they re-rendered mm-hmm. the CG in, in the TNG remaster.
2: And I'm just saying this is not a like professional guy. This is just a fan that has the resources to do it. I don't think he like does this for a living or anything. I could be wrong. Yeah. Just a quick note: There's been a peak in interest in the 3D chess sets that we've seen in <laughs> this episode. Really? So, just for anyone that's interested, which I've always been interested, it's just hard, so hard to find an actual one. Uh, you can get one from Walmart.com uh, really? for two forty 240, two hundred and forty nine dollars.
1: Is this like mm-hmm. officially branded by? Um,
2: it CBS? says. It was well, not CBS. It's just, it says Star Trek on it. So okay. Honestly. Well,
1: you know, it has the Brendan on it. So hey,
2: it says 50th a- anniversary Star Trek tri-dimensional chess. So usually when you search for 3D chess, uh, it usually you could just get three platforms. It didn't add in the smaller platforms. So this one on Walmart was actually made by Franklin Mint. Uh, which does a lot of like coins and just rare things that they people are looking for. But there's also one that looks almost ex- exactly like the one you see in TNG. The like the materials and all, but Franklin Mint has that up for like 500 bucks.
3: I guess um, I need to learn how to play regular chess first.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Me, <laughs> me, me too. too
1: i played it before, but I'm not great at it, so. I think you were trying to show me how to play John back in the day.
2: Yes, yes. I love chess, man. I was chess captain in high school.
1: Nerd. Cotter Scott over chess any day. That's what I'm saying. Really?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Someone can show me Cotter Scott.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Are we ready to get into our review of Project Dateless? Let's go for it. Yep. Star Trek Discovery Project Daylist Series 2, Episode 9, which aired March the 14th, 2019, and directed by Jonathan Frakes. Pretty cool. When the Discovery crew infiltrates Section 31's headquarters, suspicions arise that the crew may have a traitor in the midst. Burnham tries to help Spock, but her efforts don't go as planned. So, there you go. So, guys, let's go around a horn. Let's just get our uh, high-level view of this episode. Let's start with you, Carries, fresh off the brain. What do you think?
3: Called it. <laughs>
1: what did you call sir? Ariam's the angel dude. Oh wow. She's we're, an angel. We're She's off an the angel. bat going to have issues with this cuz
2: <laughs>
1: I don't know. Mm. I don't know. We'll get into it. Wow.
3: That, I I stand by my statement last last week and yeah.
1: this just to me just confirmed it. But okay, let's go. That was adamant. Got <laughs> uh, What what do you think, man? Hello ah. to this episode, man.
0: Oh, I love this episode. Absolutely love this episode. I I will say I'm not quite so sure as Carrie that it is the angel, but I will say that for an episode of Star Trek, I did something that I have not done in Star Trek since the last episode of Voyager. So I'll leave it at that. Uh. You said
1: it to your cow. Yes, I did. I did. I did. Yes, I did. Well,
0: I should. I I will say this I shed more than one tear. I'll put it that way.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. All right, John. What do you think, man?
0: Oh, man.
2: Awesome episode. And I think we've said that almost every episode. So kudos to them for making season two amazing. Uh, And I am in agreement with Carrie and his suspicion. And it's something I actually brought up probably a couple episodes ago when we first seen that initial spark of download tour so anyway we'll get into that
1: interesting wow looks like we're gonna have a debate near the end of this episode so what did i think of the episode i absolutely loved it i loved how it was just a single story instead of being diverging storylines for a change um, a lot of good info, a lot of revelations in this episode, I think. Um, so, you know, wasn't a whole bunch of mystery going forward, I don't think, but you know, kind of tying in a lot of things and, uh, the, 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 a two-jerker at the end, you know, so, uh, a lot of fun, great episode, but guys, let's get into it.
3: Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle station. I'll give you the right.
1: Choo. Destroy and At ease before you sprain something. So we see, we start off with Admiral Cornwell's visit to the Discovery in hiding, um, and we have Cornwell's interrogation of Spock. Let's talk about the doctored footage thing. And I want to throw this maybe to John first. Isn't it probably a huge mistake to have holograms that can't be detected? Don't you think this is one of the first things they would think of when they, you know, go all willy nilly with the holograms?
2: Um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would think, I would think that would be something like a safeguard you put in place, but uh, I'm just well, not sure. I mean, through, I mean, I've never, I don't know if you've ever, I've never heard of anything detecting any holograms in any series. It's like you're it, you see a hologram, but I mean, as far as any instrument or any probe or any sensors detecting, well, yeah, because you can. What do they call them? Uh, gosh,
1: I think one of the big differences here is in. It may be because it was a medical room. Maybe they had hollow projectors in there, but in most other series, the holo projection was pretty much limited to the
0: holodeck. Mm-hmm. Unless you wore the thing on your sleeve,
1: well, yes, you, yeah, that's yeah. future technology. Wow, yeah, future, yeah, and the see, the that's Halloween what I'm there. saying. That's yeah. future. Yeah.
3: yeah, you guys are a little better off to me. Like that didn't bother me nearly as much as him detecting heat signatures through <laughs> video. Like, yeah, that was the thing that threw me. Off. I was like, what, what? It-
1: what? Yeah, that's the part that bother me. <laughs> Yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. I guess you can presumably say in future technology, it goes beyond just the normal, you know, sensor in the camera. Maybe it can you know, phones can capture other things like telemetry and stuff like that. So maybe cameras of the future can
3: Yeah, But if you're trying to verify the authenticity (laughs) of video, wouldn't that be the first thing you check?
1: Yeah, I guess Saru is smarter than Starfleet. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that was a big gaping hole in this episode to me because although it was a cool revelation, it's like, wouldn't that be one of the first things you could shoot down? You know? Mm.
2: Uh Yeah, I... I mean, I didn't give it much thought now now that you bring it up. It is a little issue now, but I didn't give it much thought in, like, during the episode.
3: Yeah, the I'm hologram like, thing didn't really bother me that much. I mean, you had to explain it somehow, but just the heat thing just totally threw me off.
1: Yeah, and of course, we get the, the hologram thing again uh, with uh, Admiral Pilar, I think that's her name, at the end where they kind of, you know, as they approach the 631 headquarters. And apparently... It seems like this hologram thing has been going on for a while because I think the people that, uh, George and Leland were talking to in the last episode, I think all of those were holograms too. I don't, we don't know that for sure, but.
2: Well, you did see him dead on the, yeah, uh, true. ship, so. But you mm. know what that video could have been? It could have actually been shot in a holodeck, in a yeah. holodeck, and then, like, uploaded to their system as. I guess it's a stretch
0: but yeah okay I l- let me pose this this and this isn't a joke but let me pose this to you if the and I, and I don't want to get ahead of us here but if the computer per se is doing something could the computer not adjust the readouts and the readings that they're seeing no matter how advanced or not advanced their telemetry is the, it's showing what it wants you to see
1: yeah no, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. Um, so again, on this Cornwell Spock interrogation thing, um, do we think we're any closer to figuring out why Spock was chosen? And I think maybe my theory of who the wet red angel is maybe is in line with more with why Spock would be chosen. But I mean, do you guys have any thoughts on why Spock is chosen as the person to um, reveal this future threat uh, uh, for Federation? Any thoughts, Carrie?
3: I'm still kind of fuzzy on that exactly, so I'm interested to see what you guys think. I mean, the thing where she says at the end, it's all about you, Michael. I mean, that kind of made me think it has something more to do with Michael than it does Spock, but I'm interested to see what you guys have to say.
1: What um, about you, Cal?
0: Help me remember who do you think it is, or have you revealed who you think it is? I think you have, but who, who can do I you think the me? Red Angel
1: is? Yes, I think it's Burnham. I think it's Burnham. I judge by what Carrie just said that Arium told uh, Burnham at the end of the episode about how she's she's key to this, and why else would Spock, while well, some some random person, be going to Spock? You know what I'm saying?
0: Right. So then, right there, that answered the question is. What well, is my thought? So. <laughs> no, 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 no. But seriously, it it makes sense. If, if, if let's just say it is her, it makes total sense that she has this guilt and we obviously see this guilt and future her or whenever her is coming and she's relating to someone that she can relate to. And who does she feel closest to? It seems to be Spock. Now, I could equally argue if I wanted to go in Carrie's uh, hypothesis that with Ariam being a member of the crew and knowing and observing <clears throat> all the things with Michael Burnham could equally go that route just as well, but just from a different point of view. So I could argue either way as to either one of them being so. Hmm. Well, so
2: here's a couple of things. So to answer the initial question, uh, my initial thoughts is that they, Spock was chosen just because I think it had to do with the aliens on Talos IV. Uh-huh. Uh And there's only two people in the Federation as interacted with them that could gain their trust. And that was Pike and Spock. And they knew Pike wouldn't go along with it. So. I guess Spock would at least question it, but I think they're going to tie into this somehow, somewhere, somehow. Interesting. But here's what throws all theories kind of off a little bit. Like, what was the point if it was Burnham, if it was Arium, if it was, what was the point of the community that was moved through time and replaced on the other planet? Like, <sighs> why? Man. <laughs> Like knows. what did that have to do with Michael? What did that have to do with Spock? What did they have to do with Arium? What did they have to do with Section thirty one? Like they didn't get anything from this planet. They didn't bring anyone from it. There was no one there important.
1: And also, I mean they made the comment in this episode about is the red angel coming to the signals or are the signals calling the red angel? You know, do you remember that in this episode? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean you
3: You could say that about any of the stuff, though, Jonathan. Like, there was nobody important on um, Saru's planet either. I mean, I don't think the events themselves hold the significance, but all of them together, I feel like, hold the significance. But that's just me.
2: Hmm. I don't know. I mean, maybe the Kelpians would be a substantial threat or a substantial help to whoever this is in the future. So... Either they were there to help them liberate themselves or kill them, whichever way it goes. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, we got the download from the comet or a planet or whatever. I just can't find any logical explanation for the community on that planet. I don't.
1: Yeah, the World War Three thing. And then the, the 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 tie-ins are so loose, if at all. And maybe it's just a person that's tying it all together. I mean, I think Burnham could be that person that ties it all together in a sense. Uh I still don't know about the New Eden part, but the other parts, it, uh, it doesn't make any sense right now. Did you have a comment, Kyle?
0: Yeah, let me say this real quick. Just remember, when you're dealing with time, don't look at time as being linear. Whoever this person or persons are that have access to time travel they could be seeing time or being acts or being able to access time from any point or seeing it from any point so we're looking at it from things in the past things in the future how it's affecting things could all be happening simultaneously for this person so just uh, i i'm trying to see the red angel from the point of view of where is this person, and is this person seeing t- all time at all time? So
1: yeah, and I'll also bring up the point that did I'll ask you guys. I guess did you see the next on for this episode?
0: Mm, the preview, the,
3: the next on uh, the preview. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, it's a preview. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that
1: kind it. that kind of plays into <clears throat> why I think Burnham, because <laughs> uh, it kind of it it looks very clear that Burnham is the she's very important somehow. All right, well, let's go let's go ahead and get into some more details about this episode. We kind of pontificated about <laughs> about, you know, the speculation for a while there. So, let's talk about the 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 Burnham Spock conflict actually. Um, what do you think of Spock and Burnham's 3D chess scene and their so-called logic exercise and, you know, the the large amount of sarcasm we were getting from Spock there near the end of their conversation?
3: <laughs> I, I think they just need to hug it out like this. <laughs> they obviously both hold resentment toward each other and like neither one of them are willing to admit that. So I don't know. I don't think that served any purpose, though. Honestly, it didn't really do anything, but just show how frustrated they are with each
1: other, in my opinion. Yeah. What about you, John?
2: Uh I kind of agree with Carrie. It didn't really serve much purpose other than Ethan picked to kind of is acting muscle, I guess. Uh, I mean, I didn't get much from it. It seems like Michael is trying too hard for some reason. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, she's just making a big deal out of nothing. Like, I don't know.
0: What about you, Cal? I think this is more of a, uh, more of the writers trying to s- let people see another version of Spock. I mean, I know we've had the mirror, Spock that we saw at some point, but seeing a more emotional spot because this seems to be more yes he 's still cold, yes he 's still logical, but but you see that anger, and I think they're just sh- taking this opportunity to show more emotion.
1: yeah, I think it was an excellent opportunity, like John mentioned, for Ethan Peck to show his um, acting skills, but whereas I think the scene was initially all about Spock. I think by the end of the scene, it was all about Burnham because it was all about spot dissecting Burnham's need to carry every burden to be the person who fixes everything. And that goes back to, like, the first two episodes of her trying to fix everything. And she tries to do it in this episode as well. By the end with Arium, she can't let it go. She has to be the fixer, the person to carry the all burden. Right. And that's kind of what I think, feel that conversation was about. And the Spock even relates it back to, you know, their moment when they were children, when, when he said, you know, the logic extreme is that wasn't even about you. That was more about me because I'm this half breed, you know? <laughs> and, but she shoulders every burden and that's kinda, you know,
2: what? go ahead. I I couldn't tell if he was trying to help her or hurt her.
3: You know, <laughs> I, I think he resents the reason I feel like he resents Burnham is not because of what she said when he was a kid. Like, I guess this is one thing that's proved to me is like, that's not why he's frustrated with her. He's frustrated with her because she arrogantly thinks the world revolves around her. Like whether it's conscious or subconscious, she thinks everything's about her and really none of it was like, that's what I got from
1: it, I guess. Yeah. And I, I think he also resents the fact that she can display her emotion um, cause he mentions in that conversation about, you know, he likes being, I think he said, does he like being angry? He said something to that effect that he said demon. he liked
3: failing. Yes. Or something about yes. failing. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, I mean, I think he resents her maybe cause, because she has a little more freedom than he does. Um, and he's kind of shoehorned into, even though he's half human, he's shoehorned into, um, how Sarek wants him to be. So, I don't know. I I love that little conversation there. And the sarcasm was great. I see now. If I'd only take that pawn, that would solve the mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Something to that effect. I thought that was freaking great. It was. So, guys, let's go ahead and get into a conversation about control. John, you mentioned this about two or three episodes ago. What is control?
2: Control is a program used by the Federation to... Assist threats and other things, uh, and primarily used in section 31. So it's an AI computer program and it pretty much controls section 31, is what it amounts to.
1: Um, so Pike and crew are on to section 31. And, um, Sp- Spock makes a comment that someone or something is going to end all sentient life in the galaxy. Um, is this like a clear signal that? And I guess maybe we get it by the end of the episode. But is it is a clear signal that it's the A.I. that's causing the issue going forward? Pretty much. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, pretty much. And we know from the books that there's actually is an issue and it's coming to pass now. I didn't know what happened this soon, uh, but pretty much the control realized that the Federation itself was a threat to itself. And it decided that the best course of action to protect the Federation was to eliminate those that were in charge. <laughs>
1: That's like an age old computer. Yeah. And yeah.
0: Thing. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just what determining does best, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do
1: we think this change in logic? Cause, cause Admiral Cornwell says it's, uh, Admiral Pilar who is it Pilar? Pitar? Pilar? Pilar? Pilar that introduces this different program because she's a logic extremist now I found it first weird that they would allow a logic extremist to be an admiral first of all but do we think it's like the changes she introduced or is it something different that's is it is it just this AI becoming self-aware that's causing the issue
2: yeah I think I think Patar like I think when she started to change was actually I think she was already out of the picture I think control had already overridden her and everybody else and the potard that they were having issues with was actually just the hologram we've been seeing or we saw.
1: Interesting. Anybody else have thoughts?
3: Well, the thing that throws me off about all this is that there have, there has to be, well, obviously there has to be multiple timelines. There has to be a timeline where, where Arium succeeded and discovery was destroyed. And, you know, the AI became all powerful you know, there has to be some kind of timeline where that happened. So, like, where does that leave everybody? Was uh, everybody killed? Like, that, I don't know.
1: Well, wasn't Arium attempting to, and this, you know, happens a little bit further in the episode, but wasn't Arium attempting to grab the information she got from the sentient fear and the obelisk for Charon and mm-hmm. then introduce that to the, to control? to That so- was,
0: that was what I thought.
2: Yeah. And it, it, whatever this information was, was going to actually be able to give control full control. Full <laughs> control Basic. I was trying to find another way to say that. <laughs> hmm. I mean, it would, it would have truly made control self-aware and like not dependent on anyone or anything. Like it would have been a truly 100% artificial intelligence.
1: And we think as Carrie, like you just said, so we think that maybe what we see coming back from the future is what would have happened if Arium would have succeeded.
2: But I mean, it is time and we know that a lot of times you cannot alter what happens in time or maybe what we do. We thought that we were altering actually is what caused it. So will it still happen?
3: Well, obviously it doesn't happen because we have other Star Trek shows.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, I mean, going through that, <laughs>
1: yeah, huh, huh. I, hate I
3: just,
2: I just feel like if we can have multiple
3: universes, there can be a timeline where everything was destroyed. I mean, I don't know.
0: Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, if you go by that, every action and reaction creates an infinite possibility. So. Every single, you take every episode that we've seen, and there are so many decisions that if you fractured those in one way or the other and made them go the other direction, turn left, turn right, et cetera, and so forth. So, yeah, I I agree with you a million percent.
1: Then if Spock goes back, then like Chris Pine will be Captain Kirk, and then we'll go on a whole new adventure.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh, (laughs) here we go.
2: I hate time episodes.
3: And we that and that that's the perfect example. There's already a canon example of an alternate timeline, so Yeah.
1: Yeah, true. Well isn't like even even the mirror universe is basically an alternate timeline, you know. That's true. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. So and as witnessed by Lorca's display in his uh nefarious act, there are multiple that can be can be happening at one time. So I mean who knows? I mean it's it's still interesting and it's still i mean we still have the mystery of
0: what's gonna go down so i'm still loving that part so it's just a big ball of timey wimey stuff it's just
3: always hard to wrap your head around stuff like that because you can always get to a point where you're like this makes no sense like if this happened only in this timeline and you go back to change this then this event that caused the other timeline to happen wouldn't (laughs) have happened so it's like like That's what I was thinking about this episode. So, let's say that Arium actually succeeded in another timeline by giving the the computer all this data. Okay, so in this timeline, she got hacked by the computer from the future to do that. So, how did she do that in another timeline?
1: Like Captain Janeway says, don't
0: even think about it. <laughs> yeah, are not you right? <laughs> because
3: she got hacked by the future AI like three or four episodes ago, right?
0: Oh, yeah, wow. right. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, she could... Never mind. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you're right.
1: But what we're assuming. So I guess we won't really know until we see the story play out. But yeah, that's you are right, Gary. That's what it looks like right now. So huh. um let's talk a little bit about Section thirty one's headquarters. Uh mines are outlawed by the Federation, but apparently Section thirty one does not play by the Federation rules. Um uh, brilliant?
2: We knew that already.
1: <laughs> Question mark? What do we what do we think about these these mines?
3: I mean, of all the ridiculous stuff just happened, I was really surprised to see everybody so appalled to
1: see mines, but. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think the mines were brilliant because it's like the yin yang thing, I guess, because the one thing they needed to protect themselves, they had to cut off to actually navigate through them. Um, I always like that, you know, pushing forces there. They had to t- take down their shields. Which is interesting. And they use a little bit of randomness. You know, anybody know anything about computers? Throw some randomness in there, uh, with everybody calling out their, um, the attack patterns. I thought that was pretty cool. I guess Did they-
2: that actually work? I like <laughs> it didn't work. Everybody got up.
3: done downloading the data. So it stopped. They like didn't blow it up. Right.
2: Well, I mean,
3: they could have just, instead of doing all that, they should have just flew straight through. It was a bit. They gave them the okey doke to get the data. Like that's what it was. Like they still got hit by forty mines. Like, yeah,
1: and how did they not get destroyed with shields down? I'm just saying. Right.
2: Like a, it'll be different if they had done like the, all these random maneuvers. Like they were like you would see mines missing them, but I seen maybe like two or three mines that actually missed, <laughs> and they actually turn around and hit them again. It was like, let's go in boom, 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 boom,
1: boom, Yeah, I thought they were going to get after that. They just kept like, getting...
2: It. Yeah, this didn't work at all. Like They would have they saved a lot more time. They'd have just went straight on in. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Spock.
1: They should just, <laughs> just waited to fix the spore drive and just jumped in there. Or does not the transporter work? They can see the thing. They can transport from that distance. I don't...
3: Yeah, that's the other thing that makes sense to me. It's like, oh, our transporters
1: are suddenly working. I <sighs> don't
2: I don't know if I'd want to transport through a
1: minefield though. Mm, yeah, maybe they have something that won't allow it in the first place.
2: Cause I guess if they're attracted to whatever's in the shields, I'm sure there's something in a transporter being
1: similar. Yeah. What about Commander Nunn? Ooh. The 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 lady with the thing Logic on her face. That, no, Commander Nunn. The lady oh, with, oh, the breathing lady. Yeah, with the skirt. The the skirt uniform, Commander.
2: Oh. Uh, the security.
1: Security, yeah, chief of security yeah. from the enterprise. Yeah. I like her; she's awesome. I do. <laughs> uh
2: I got. Uh, we hadn't got there far, but I just have an issue with how she survived. You anyway. know. <sighs> it
1: with well, that. Well, that goes. Well, let's talk about it. That goes back to the whole beaming thing. They should have just beamed her back when she got her thing ripped out. Right. <laughs> I'm
2: and just like, so confused. Were like, they not in communication? Like, did they not see her?
1: <sighs> they saw her screen go black. <laughs>
3: Like Like, that's what you're a seasoned military veteran. If you you're not able to breathe, you just hold your breath. You don't sit there and keep
0: trying to breathe. No, I got you one better. At the end of it, Burnham never I never saw Burnham go and say, Hey, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) She's too busy fighting for a life. Yeah, but no, but after she is, you know, you know, after she's fought you know she doesn't you know like even turn to her and say are you breathing now she's probably a good shot well did she shoot he, she pulled the lever she's probably like she gone she pulled
2: the lever well <laughs> here's my issue so when she snatched the thing off her face like she could barely breathe and could barely make it to it with so she had two and she only lost one <laughs> yeah. so when she lost one she was almost dead so how was she able to still get back up with one and hit the button and sit there and enjoy the moment? You know what I mean? Like, Wait, she didn't put it back on? No, she only had one at the <laughs> end. Right. Like, you try dumb. to breathe through one nostril
3: while you're fighting a crazy computer android. <laughs> <laughs> see how you come out of it. Challenge
1: accepted.
2: <laughs> I just don't think, I don't know. Like, I could see if she would have got, like, finally got a hold of the other one and snapped it on. But I, she shouldn't have survived that. Like, yeah. Well, we're gonna. And talk. did she not see it coming? <laughs> Arium asked her, "What would the, what did she could she breathe? Like, you knew that. I knew that from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, <laughs> when they said that, I said, Arium will snatch this crap off
3: <laughs> of your <laughs> well, face. Well, look, Watch
1: well, out! She snatched <laughs> that thing like she was <laughs> snatching weave out of somebody's head. You was just like, well, it's one of these things they do in these episodes. They set up the payoff way too late, and let, let, let let's get. Into you mentioned Arium snatching the thing from none. Let, let's, let's talk about Arium and her backstory. Um, we learn who this cybernetic individual is too little too late. Should we have gotten this some inklings of this story maybe three or four episodes ago? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I don't think
3: it would have held as much weight though. Oh, I, I just, I think, I, think it it same, I think they did it at the I think they did at the right time because you, you, you're not like, they they waited to humanize her until the end, you know, so you could kind of feel like a hole for not seeing her as a human, or at least that's how I felt about it. I feel like they made the right decision. And then, huh. then you're like, oh, so she was a human. Okay. Hmm.
1: Yeah, okay. maybe I agree with you on the point of seeing that video, because I thought that video was like the best thing they could have done to frame what kind of character she was
0: her backstory, but maybe just a little bit
1: more than, hey, Ariel, in the, in the past five episodes. Yeah, you
0: know? I mean, think about it. We've been going back and forth questioning whether or not is she a robot? Is she yeah, a, exactly. an android? Is she a cyborg? And Carrie, I agree that they did do a very good job making you care about her in the course of Less than five minutes because you break down how much time they had to actually devote in this episode to saying who she was less than five minutes. So having said that, I still would have liked to have seen a little bit of just a little bit of inkling, you know, in a season and a half finding out who she was.
3: I don't know, man. Like, I'm just kind of glad for the dramatic for the lack of dramatic irony there. Because we see her as the crew sees her. The crew doesn't know that she used to be human. You know, nobody does. Like, oh. uh, until um Tilly's looking at her memories that were all left on the ship. Like, nobody knew. Did they? Did they? Uh, I don't I know. I would think they would
2: know.
1: I, think maybe, I don't think they did. Huh? I think maybe Tilly and um, Arion There's
2: maybe. No way you're Arion. Well, actually,
3: Tilly, Tilly was, was talking back and forth to her at the beginning of the episode. And Tilly's like the closest person to her. and She didn't even know because she called her something and she was like, actually, I'm an augmented human or something. like. She called her like a robot or something. I can't remember exactly what her words were, but
1: I don't think anybody knew. I thought she was just being playful, but maybe I need to go back and watch it because she was like,
2: I just don't think this person <laughs> would have been serving on a bridge and they not know. Like, you just accept some random cybernetic, cybernetic being and you not know exactly what they are mm, on the bridge. Point. That's a good uh, point. And I got a problem. Like, was she only installed with like 256K <laughs> memory? <laughs> like, if your entire body is cybernetic, do you not have enough memory?
1: She doesn't have a positronic brain. I mean, that's for sure.
2: Well, oh God, my computer would have held more <laughs> memories than that.
1: Uh, well, I don't know. If you really think about how much information you take in a day, sensory information, it's a lot. Petabytes of dif- information.
2: So if you have terabytes of information, you're going to go through it one memory at a time and delete and keep? Well, I mean, this is like totally
3: off base, but like the human, like <laughs> I watch this show called Sword Art Online and they talk about this same concept because there's this AI who could live who found a way to like live forever and what she found out was after she lived like 200 years her soul had like completely like used itself up and she had to go back and like delete memories because she'd used up all of the the space in her flux light which is like her artificial soul so she had to go through and delete memories so she wouldn't die so like that i feel like it's the same concept here is that you know, you can't create a computer with an infinite memory. It's just not possible.
1: Yeah, I mean, and even us, we for, we get new memories and forget memories all the time. I mean, that's yeah. just kind of the nature of being human. Aren't you
3: glad that you can't can't remember being born? Like, well, I mean, yeah. and I agree.
2: <laughs> I agree. I just, I guess, my problem is she's standing. She's standing here, going through them one by one, deleting. Like, like it was going to be a small task. You know what I mean? Like.
1: Yeah. Well, she, she says really she didn't. does it
2: every day. Didn't
1: yeah.
2: she? Oh, well, I missed that part. Yeah.
1: And, and, and maybe it's like, I don't know, the highlights. It just shows her the highlights for the day and she just automatically deletes everything else. I don't know. Who knows how it works? I thought it was kind of cool I, visually it makes to more see. Sense
2: she's doing it daily.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like how it was visually to see her go through that. I, I thought that was pretty cool how they actually uh, showed it on screen. I thought oh, that was yeah. pretty interesting.
2: Agreed. Uh, so was that sand in the bottle? or yes okay
1: yeah and then we learn like you said for accident of of how she actually became cybernetic all right well, well um this a little bit about arium let's jump back to the final showdown once again um we see tar is dead um saru's made the discovery of oh i see heat, heat signatures now and all that um they didn't beam commander, no one back. Uh, she, she kind of, you know, we talked about her eventually catching her breath and saving Bernal. <laughs> catching her breath. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then we have, and we've even talked about this, the whole AI, um, the AI data from the Charon entity that she's actually bringing to control for purposes maybe to become the ultimate sentient AI being thing kind of now care you mentioned this last week i think this was it you they mentioned the borg mm-hmm. yeah i I really can see this being the beginnings of what becomes the borg i, I really can because all the signs are there for what hmm. type of species they are
0: you will hmm. be assimilated so tell me i'm just curious what signs do you see
1: a super ultra smart computer thing that
0: <laughs> wants no, no, to kill I'm all. And I'm just, curious. I mean, yeah. for anyone listening that might not know,
1: no, I mean, I think the Borg maybe don't want to. They want they assimilate more than kill, so maybe that is a distinction there. But but it's it wants to consume this technology, and I can see maybe somewhere down the road, maybe that evolving into what the Borg are. So I don't know. Just just thoughts, just thoughts. Yeah.
3: Well, I think I think the distinction here is that if the Borg were able to you know, get a hold of that information then you know, they would be able to blow everything up. (laughs) But since they don't, they have to do it the old-fashioned way and just um, consume civilizations to keep learning as much as possible. I don't
2: know. So, I I have another theory. Clarence, I think you actually posted on Slack conversation about uh, maybe Control being the Red Angel. So, if control doing that whole time rip, rift thing they were stuck in and this thing from the future was attacking the shuttle, downloading information and it didn't quite make it. So then mm-hmm. it transferred something to Arium. And now we see that whatever Arium was doing was being controlled by control. So would that in essence
1: mean control was the thing in the future? Now, yeah, I do think control was the enemy from the future. I don't, I yeah. don't, I don't think it's the red angel. I do definitely think it's the enemy from the future.
2: Yeah, I guess. Yeah.
1: <sighs> so, uh, again, back talking about the final showdown, I think we pretty much covered it, but how do we feel about love saving the day? Is that what happened? Love saves the day, Tilly. I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that whole scene to me felt
3: like the end of free Willy where the Will jumping <laughs> over me. He's got his <laughs> fist in the air. Like that whole, I was just like,
1: uh, yeah yeah Yeah. it just felt
3: a little too warm and fuzzy for star trek for this star trek
1: yeah i mean well they they that no tilly is just that character i I think no matter what she's doing she's going to make it feel awkward and she certainly made it feel awkward in that moment (laughs) but but man that last part when burnham has a decision to make i was just like wow they went there and You know, as far as Trek goes, this is up there with some of the most emotional moments of Trek that I feel. You know, I mean, the only thing was missing that was missing was Will You Be There by Michael Jackson playing (laughs) in the background?
3: Like,
2: oh man, I just can't believe it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was good, but I just hated to. And I guess, Carrie, going back to your point, like they they built us up with Arium and then just so they could kill her off and it kind of made you feel more for her. But that's a kinda of, like I would have liked to see more Arium.
1: Yeah. She does end up being pretty awesome in the end. Once once we know more about her, we can look past her creepy faces she makes.
0: So let me ask you this, do you guys think this is the last time we will see Arium period? As- I don't think so. Oh cool. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. as
3: this Arium? But I mean, they ch- they recast her character at the beginning of the season. I don't think they would have done that just to k- kill her halfway through. I feel like we're going to see more of her. It
1: may not be this iteration of
3: Arium, wink, wink. But
1: yeah, yeah. I guess I'm nobody's sure ever, ever
2: really- mind out there.
1: <laughs> I guess nobody's ever really dead in Discovery, as witnessed by uh, <laughs> the the next snap heard around the world. <laughs> uh- I don't know. I don't think we'll see her, man. I don't, I don't, I don't, I think she served her purpose in the series. Although I'd like to see her come back now that we know more about her, you know, but I don't think we'll see her. She's the
3: red angel.
1: (laughs) Carrie's adamant on her being the red angel. So, uh, Ariel makes the comment about, you know, everything is because of you, Burnham. And she mentions Project Deadless. Um, thoughts on what, um, Aaron means here, and we kind of talked about it before, but let's just talk about, we'll go into speculation here. What is Project Daedalus? Um, if you saw the next on, I think we kind of know what it is. Uh, that's part of the reason I think, uh, Burnham is the red angel, but what, what are our thoughts here, guys?
2: As with time problems and why I hate it, like by her saying this, did she not create it? <laughs> Oh, wow. So now Burnham is going to say, well, I'm the key to all of this. And now she's going to have all this running in her head. And now she's going to like become the Red Angel because someone said that she was the key. So <laughs> I just don't. I, I, I don't know why. I just can't see her being a Red Angel. I just can't see it. Like, I don't either. But I mean, it. I hate time episodes. I mean, it's just Okay, I don't know. Mm. I feel like
3: Burnham wouldn't go back in time. She would try to fight the AI herself if she had all this power. Like she wouldn't just go back in time and like I don't know. Like yeah. it just what? seems out of character for her.
1: Well, I kind I, I kind of think it's what John said though. The fact that she knows this information now is probably going to lead her to do something she wouldn't normally do. Uh spoilers for the next episode listeners. If you saw the preview for the next episode, it actually shows them going to some facility Which I think is the home of Project Daedalus, where there's this seat sitting in the middle of this circular, circular thing where these looks like, I don't know, some type of equipment is surrounding it with one single chair. And I think that's going to be what sends Burnham to the future for something. Mm.
2: Uh <clears throat> okay, so I just I don't know why that's been sounding very familiar to me, uh, and I just finished the Enterprise series. you know, Daedalus was the name of a episode on Enterprise when this guy from Earth is playing with a transporter experiment to bring back people that's like almost dead but not really dead.
1: Huh. interesting,, mm. interesting. <sighs>
2: And it was actually.
1: Yeah, that was the episode with the creator of the transporter. Inv-
2: yeah, the inventor of the transporter is working on this experiment. So, like, Project Daedalus. I mean, maybe we'll see Arium again. Maybe they re- yeah. or maybe, I don't know. I got,
3: I got, I'll, I'll one up you there, John. So I'm on Wikipedia. Project Deadlist was a study conducted between 1973 and 1978 by the British Interplanetary Society to design a plausible unmanned interstellar spacecraft intended to mainly intended mainly as a scientific probe. The design criteria specified that the spacecraft had to use existing or near future technology, and had to be able to reach its destination within a human lifetime. So, like this is like this is what I like about Discovery. Like a lot of that stuff that happens on the show is like based not necessarily based off real life stuff but it kind of like references it like kind of like family guy but not about like pop culture stuff Uh so i'll be Hmm. interested to see if they integrate if that if project daedalus has anything like loosely to do with what's going on with that i don't know yeah that makes a lot of
1: sense that lifetime thing and we know it has something to do with the transporter i think that's pretty certain
2: I don't know, i have to look into that some more. i had to go back and watch that episode, actually. And I want to say I heard something about dataless in a, a Voyager episode, but I'm not real sure. Like, what was the name of that missile B'Elanna had to get on to disarm? Maybe that's my name. Maybe I'm reaching here too much. Hmm. Well,
1: um... we're all researching now instead of (laughs) podcasting. yeah
3: back to the red angel like this is why i think that ariam's a red angel like i gave you some other like outside of discovery references last week but the main reason i think she's an angel is this okay so in this previous timeline assuming that things happen differently than they happened on the last episode i'm assuming that she does what she needs to do on the ship and then goes back and kills everybody on board Discovery. Is that plausible? I mean, is what? that-, is that
1: a, What? Hold on. What say? say
3: that again. So alternate timeline, Arium, in the timeline where the AI destroys everything, you know, the visions that Spock saw of the future. Yeah. So I'm assuming at this point, Arium, once she uploads all the data to the computer- she said herself that I'm going to kill you and then I'm going to go on Discovery and destroy it. Like, so... Yeah. I'm assuming that she kills everybody on Discovery as well, right? Mm-hmm. So it would be a safe
2: to assume at that point that <sighs> Burnham would be dead. So where are we getting this alternate timeline? Like... Well, it, the
1: future. The future that yeah.
2: happened.
3: The future that happened that... You know, because Spock has been seeing visions of the future, right? Yeah. Right in the future that he saw everything got destroyed and there's an all seeing all knowing AI yeah. that we now know that like, so at some point all this stuff had to happen, you know, for there to be something to come back from the future. to try to stop it from happening. Right. Yeah. yeah so, right?
1: so,
2: but then that goes back to Kyle's thing is like, that's only if you're looking at it linearly. Well,
1: what, 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 what Carrie's saying, though, if something's what, coming back from the future. <laughs> there has to be a future. So, well, let me, let me let me frame it a little bit here. If if nothing changed, that that um prevents the destruction of the vision that Spock had. You know, if nothing changed, then all these events Carrie is saying would have happened. The, the discovery would have got it destroyed at some point. Burnham probably would have died at some point. So he's saying that is the future if unchanged, if untouched, has happened or will happen unless we change I mean, something.
3: The future's already been changed to some degree, you know, because yeah. the Information didn't get uploaded to the computer. Yeah. Only got like yet, at this
1: percent.
3: point, yeah. You only got 25% of the information. So, I mean, at this point, I mean, we have to make some assumptions about what actually happened to create that future, right? Yeah. Is that, is that insane? No, to do not, that? not at all. My head hurts. So, I'm just saying, like, at some point, that data had to have actually get on the computer or to the AI or whatever, what is controlled. Some yeah. At some point, the data this all-seeing universe data I had to have
0: gotten uploaded into this computer, right? Alright, so to validate what you just said, if that were not the case, we could not have had the drone that came back from the future that had been modified to attack. That wouldn't have happened had what you said not been true.
3: And we hmm. wouldn't have the Red
0: Angel. Hmm. I agree. Like,
3: just think about like the advanced technology. It's a humanoid suit that can time travel. It can... You know, it is it, it's at least as powerful as a spore drive on the discovery because it's all you know, they're hmm. I'm like
2: so whole, you, oh, are you saying oh, this to say it. that Michael is not the red hmm.
3: I mean, this- at this point I'm not even trying to say who is and who isn't. I'm just saying like there's certain assumptions that we can kinda make depending on what didn't happen. There there has to be some things that we can at least, you know, glean from the stuff that actually happened and what they were trying to prevent.
1: Yeah, man, it's it's good speculation, man. Good speculation. I love it. And maybe we just need to have like a speculation cast <laughs> in here sometime soon. But tin hopefully, tinfoil hat episode. Yeah, hopefully we'll begin some some um revelations here pretty quickly. And anyway, guys, I guess that's a good point to end it on. Um Any other takeaways from this episode before we wrap things up? I'm gonna leave it open to the floor.
2: Um, uh, do we know what's wrong with the spore drive?
1: It's too convenient of a plot device. We have to (laughs) say it's broken.
2: (laughs) I just
3: think Arium turned it off. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 So are we to assume Arium actually sent the message to section 31 and not Tyler? Oh, it wasn't yeah, Tyler. It was Tyler. It wasn't yeah.
3: Tyler. He,
2: he was nowhere to be seen in this episode. Yeah, it was definitely her. Well, no, yeah. he wasn't anywhere to be seen because they put him in. They held confined him because he sent the message supposedly. Yeah, I think well, it was because her.
3: they they think he sent the message <laughs> right. because it was used. It was the person that sent it used his codes, his clearance codes. So, I mean,
1: yeah, I I think it would almost be too much of a reveal for Tyler to be bad again. <laughs> like what you're bad again I thought you were turned over no yeah. man, you know. Was yeah, he I ever really he bad it. though Uh tukoufma. Tukoufma.
3: I mean Vog <laughs> yeah. was bad but
2: Tyler was never bad But is Vok gone It
1: doesn't work that way
2: He wouldn't have been bad he'd have just been loyal to Section 31 For some unknown reason
1: Yeah Alright guys well I guess we're ready to wrap Let's go around the horn real quick And see what everybody's been working on podcast or later, otherwise Kyle Jones,
0: I, I got to say this real quick, considering how much we've gone back and forth on time. So I if you don't mind, can may I say this real quick? You have the floor, sir. All right. Good deal. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause and effect. But actually, from a nonlinear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more of a big ball of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. Oh, God. <laughs> I rest my case. He
1: just wanted to say wibbly wobbly, timey wimey
0: is that a doctor who quote it is yes <laughs>
1: somebody stopped bill from taking the almanac back you know this all mm. we gotta do
0: mm. so so there, there i'll i will wrap with that and also if you want to hear where that quote comes from check out a an upcoming episode of discussing who within the next few weeks so there you go cool
1: cool john podcast we otherwise dude
0: Oh man,
2: absolutely nothing. Uh working a lot, so I hadn't had much time to do anything. Uh but on the other hand, if you guys haven't been keeping up with Orville, man, you it's great stuff.
1: Yeah, it's it it's indeed good, man. Now they've had two breaks already, which I'm a little puzzled by, but oh well. Carrie man, what are you working on podcast related or otherwise, man?
3: Um well, you know, we have a tech petition show every Wednesday. And like I'll, I just want to say that I'm not a fan of time travel story lines in general. So I'm really interested to see how they resolve this. That's all I have to say.
1: <laughs> all right. As Carrie said, check us out on the tech petition podcast. We go live on Wednesday nights around eight or nine ish on Facebook, which can be found at facebook.com slash tech petition. And also Discussing Who, which we talk about all things who was going to be found at DiscussingWho.com. All right, guys. (laughs) Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you for joining in. You can follow us on any of the social media platforms at Discussing Trek. And until next time, guys, live long and prosper.